1: Welcome to the Saturate Podcast. My name is Brad Watson, and today I have Steve Hart joining me. Uh, Steve is the pastor and the planted the church of Sp- Soma, Spokane in Washington, the hidden jewel of Washington, the other half of the beauty that is Washington State. And Steve <laughs> has been there for since college, which I don't want to out your age or anything, but I think that's a long time you've been in Soma. Uh, in Spokane, yes, officially a long time. And uh, Steve, it's really great to have you on the podcast today as we talk about this essential element within each community, which is uh, an outward orientation towards others and the mission of God. Steve, how about you uh, sort of introduce yourself? What's going on in your life these days? What are you excited about?
0: Yeah, so we um, are here in Spokane, Washington, which we love. It is uh, a beautiful mid sized city, uh, all, all the amenities of the big city. Uh, and we were just talking, none, none of the traffic, uh, yeah. everything at your fingertips. Finger so, we, Jamie and I, have been married for uh, coming up on 19 years this month. And uh, we have six kids. Uh, the oldest is almost 18. Uh, we got started right away, and uh, the youngest is four months. So, uh, it is quite quite a spread and, uh, yeah. So the next oldest is eight. So we, we had an eight year gap where we were pretty sure we were done having children.
1: Right. right. You just decided, Hey, we would like to raise an only child now.
0: That, See yeah, how that I mean, goes. Yes. Yeah, we didn't actually decide, <laughs> but, but that's what happened. So yes, I mean, we know how it happens. That's what it means. You know how to stop that, right? Uh, Yes, we we do. Um, But we haven't. So, um, turns out. uh, So, yeah, uh, he just showed up uh, four months ago. So, we were back into diapers. And, uh, yeah, we just traveled down to San Diego. And uh, the number of extra bags that we had to pack just because we have a four month old was ridiculous.
1: Right. Oh, that's so good. And, uh, yeah, I think it is. I think it's fun. I remember when you and your wife showed up to the last SOMA annual retreat and she was so clearly pregnant and stuff that was like, whoa, this is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But for you, you're like,
0: yeah, everybody else got a big kick out of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's wonderful. I think, you know, you've got a lot of arrows. So you're a blessed man. And yes. it must mean that the, the father who has many children and youth. And so God must think that you're still young, which is great.
0: Which is great. That's kind of him. Yeah. I, I just turned forty, uh, but I, like we were talking last night, pretty much just uh, our son Milo was uh, less than a month old when I turned forty, so we, we didn't even really notice that I turned forty. We were busy doing other things, uh, changing diapers and whatnot. So
1: <laughs> That's forty-one. So good we're gonna celebrate well. forty-one. Yeah, forty-one will be a big party. That'll yeah. be great. It'll it can coincide with like a one-year-old birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can do exactly. Something huge. Yeah, when. <laughs> when a child turns one we always give gifts to the parents we've never given a <laughs> gift to the child
0: like a, you made it <laughs> like you survived no. uh, yeah
1: exactly we're like here's a gift card to your favorite coffee shop your favorite brewery here's a massage that's what we do like
0: that's awesome. uh, a little gift certificate to babysitting for so they can go
1: out and enjoy it exactly Oh, man. So uh, today's topic, Steve, uh, we've been talking on this podcast for a while, uh, the last several episodes about what's essential to every missional community. So we talked about the gospel, we've talked about identity, we've talked about uh, repentance and faith, we've even talked about freedom and commitment. Uh, We've talked about the desire for spiritual healing, and even the care and the service of people around us in our cities, and wanted to kind of wrap up this whole series of episodes actually talking about how every missional community needs within its DNA, uh, an outward orientation to how can we, uh, share the gospel, make the gospel tangible to the people around us. Uh, one of our defining terms for missional community is a group of people that are committed to the process of learning to follow Jesus in such a way that their neighbors and friends and the people around them are transformed. And so Uh, Steve, I thought it'd be great. Yeah, you have a lot of experience uh, leading SOMA uh, Spokane through leading groups towards mission. And so just want to reap all of that experience on this episode. And to start, Steve, maybe you could speak to what has that history been like? So uh, with starting the church and leading missional communities, how have you thought about it in the past? Where are you now in terms of communities having mission as a part of their their identity and DNA.
0: Sure. Um, So some of that connects uh, probably all the way back to our story, which I'll tell a little bit of just trying to answer that Um, because we, we started um, in 2004 uh, with a desire for um, really to figure out what it looked like to put disciple making uh, into the DNA of, everything that we did as a church. Um, And so we had a lot of ideas about that and um, a lot of experience with uh, kind of the cell church model. Um, 2004, you know, some of the missional church conversation was really pretty early still uh, getting going. Uh, You know, you had a lot of kind of emergent church stuff that was, you know, just trying to do church differently, Um, add some candles and some ancient future type <laughs> stuff but it wasn't necessarily uh yeah it wasn't necessarily putting disciple making uh back as the driving force of the church so we were actually looking around for people to learn from and, and honestly couldn't find a whole lot and so we uh, we probably spent the first 3 years of church planting just kind of striking out honestly um we had small groups that uh we you know we could study through the book of acts and we talked a lot about how the church is, uh, a community on mission, um, how the mission of God isn't something that some people get to be involved in, but that, that everybody's involved in that we're, we're rescued into it, uh, by God's grace. And it's not a, you know, community and, and making disciples is not like 2.0 of being a Christian. It's actually the the very, uh, thing that God has rescued us into relationship with him relationship with one another, uh, and a, a mission in the world. And, and so I could I could teach that stuff, uh, and I think if I'm completely honest, looking back on those days, I thought that what people needed was was simply to be taught more clearly. Uh, hmm. Like if they could just if they could just get the the right teaching, uh, then they would they would live this communal mission,
1: right? Yeah.
0: And I mean, the arrogance in that, of course, is that I'm the one who's going to teach them better. Um, And so I I don't know that like back in those days, I would have seen it as, as arrogance, but it definitely was. And, you know, like uh, I recognize that God uses some of that. Like you don't like, you got to have a bit of, I don't know, gritty, we're going to do something amazing uh, tenacity if you're going to try to plant a church. Um, But I think God in his infinite kindness was, uh, basically saying like, sure, Steve, let's, let's plant this church. Uh, and I will, I will use that process to rescue you and save you from yourself and, uh, save you from your grand ideals of, of ministry and mission. And, and even in some ways, wake me up to, uh, who I am, um, in light of kind of the gospel. So, Kind of meandering in the story a bit, but the the point was like we uh, actually three years in shut down all of our uh, small groups and basically just said this it's not working. We could talk about it and nod our heads when like when I taught on it, everybody would agree that it it's in there and it's right and we should do it. Uh, but our experience of community uh, was just pretty terrible, actually. Uh, yeah, and not in any way outward focused or, uh, like we weren't even really sure. Like, I think I would say looking back now, I'm not even sure that we knew what disciple making was. Uh, we just knew that that was the great commission and that's what we should be doing, Hmm. but we didn't have a a clarity of target even. So that was, you know, a few years into it, three years into it. And uh, about that time, I think there were kind of a combination of two things. One was God's just, uh, graciously revealing my own idolatry, uh, my unbelief. Uh, regarding the gospel uh, and my lack of love for people that I had a lot more, a lot more ideas of uh, building a a really cool church Uh, and not cool in the, the uh, emergent kind of uh, idea like candles and and artsy or whatever, but cool in the sense of like, we're we're the ones that are going to actually make disciples and we're going to be the ones that are actually on mission. And we're going to, we're going to do this thing that nobody else has ever done or is doing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, um, so God began to show me like how much of my own identity and sense of worth. And yeah, you know, my significance was wrapped up in that my, my addiction to uh, being competent and, uh, thought powerful. And, and, and it turns out if you, if you worship idols, uh, community is really, really difficult. And so is mission. And that like at the root of it, the, our, our problem wasn't that, uh, I wasn't teaching, um, how to do community and mission well enough. It was that I wasn't um, bringing the gospel to bear on the hearts of my people. Uh, and that was because the gospel wasn't having its work in me. So anyways, God, yeah. you know, through a number of means kind of sh- showed me a lot of that. Um, Jeff Vanderstelt was a big part of that. We got connected at that point and he coached me for probably a year, uh, listened to a lot of Tim Keller during that season. Uh, and just realized that I know that we've said the word gospel, but I don't know that we've had the, the understanding of the dynamic power, uh, of the gospel in a yeah. life. Uh, to bring about the kind of transformation that we really uh, want to see, and beginning to realize, like community is actually a, a byproduct of repentance and faith in the gospel. Mission is a byproduct of repentance and faith in the gospel. They're not they're not things that we that we're supposed to be doing. Uh, they are the fruit of a life uh, that's functionally believing the good news. You know Bonhoeffer talks about that a ton for. Uh, how that relates to community—just uh, this idea that we don't relate directly to one another; we relate to one another through Christ. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Otherwise, we
0: put we put these expectations on one another to to be something or to do something or to bring something into community that only Jesus can can do. And the more that our hearts are actually satisfied in who Jesus is and what He's done on our behalf, then community becomes a a context in which we are learning. Uh, and enjoying uh, Jesus and His grace and, and worshiping Him together. Otherwise, community is this thing that we're trying to make happen. We're always setting up expectations, and then we become the judge of our brother and sister who aren't doing community well enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that we had a lot of that going on. Uh, which is, yeah, it's, I mean, looking back on it now, it's it's humorous. But at the time, it was just like it was really humbling actually uh to, yeah. to, for god like two things one for god to show me how like the idols of my heart had have just not been dealt with um mm-hmm. that i i could say i love and worship jesus and i'm you know i'm up front preaching and and leading worship and teaching and doing all those things but like right underneath the surface i'm worshiping power uh yeah. I'm worshiping significance i'm i'm my my sense of uh, significance or accomplishment is rising and falling based on who's showing up on Sunday or how well our small groups are going or you know all of those things. Anyway, so it was it was a season of of uh, repentance, uh, but it's repentance that, that led to life and uh, has continued to lead to life. And so uh, for for yeah. us in Soma Spokane, that's a, that's just a huge part of our story: death and resurrection. Yeah. I would say all of our leaders, um, like our missional community leaders, certainly our elders, our deacons, all of them have some sort of story of death and resurrection, uh, some sort of story of, of coming face-to-face with uh, their own unbelief, uh, their own selfish ambition, their own idolatries, uh, being being humbled by that um, as they see it. But then also, uh, and this is the second thing, just being awed by a God who would be so merciful and so kind Mm. uh so gracious to people who are actually just like using him uh we're going to God to get what we really want like I was going to God to get significance like that was my God that's what I was worshiping and God was my means to get there church planting was my means to get there Uh, having a a missional Mm. church was my means to get there um you know and and so we can talk to our leaders and and I mean, all of them, they have these experiences of like, uh, I thought I knew the gospel right, and and right. then I, then I like something happened. Uh, things didn't go the way that I thought they would. Things imploded. I tried to start leading a, a community that just like crumbled and crushed people. And, and I sort of came face to face with the fact that I don't actually believe the things that I say I believe. About mm. God, about His grace, uh, about who He is. So, anyways, all that to say, as that began to happen, like it actually clarified for us what the mission is. Like, the mission uh, is not to get people to do Jesus things; uh, it's to help them know and believe and live in light of the gospel. Like mm. that—that's how we define discipleship. That's how we define making disciples. Uh, and so, we would say that's that's true whether you're you're thinking about your uh, neighbor who doesn't yet know Jesus is uh, you know, mm-hmm. not living in any sort of uh church world or, or maybe has religious background or doesn't or whatever. Like what are, what are we hoping to see happen? Well, we want them to, to know what the gospel is. We want them to come to a, a point of repentance and belief uh, and an ongoing repentance and belief. And then we want to help them learn to live in light of what is true in, in Jesus. Um, and that's true for, you know, all the Christians who come through our doors too, who've you know heard about SOMA and want want to get involved in a missional church, uh, we just we're very quick to <laughs> say like, hey, look, yes, that's great, love it. Slow down a bit. Let's let's hear what the gospel's doing in in you, and uh, which it honestly can be a bit uh, unsettling for uh, Christians often. So,
1: right to see themselves on this road of conversion, not as this thing that's happened way back. Yeah, and to see themselves yes. as part of the mission. That story of Jonah, uh, that Jonah's like a primary person that God's trying to reach while he sends him on mission. And that it's not, Jonah's not this special hero that gets to come into the story, but God's the only hero. And we're all the people in need of rescuing. Yes.
0: And the irony of that is, if you fight against that idea, you'll never be a good missionary in your context. Hmm. But if you can embrace that, then... Mission sounds a lot like, oh my gosh, I can't believe God has been so gracious with me. Do you want to know about mm-hmm. him? Just a very different posture than like, hey, let me tell you what you need to know about God. Mm-hmm. That, that's just different. I mean, it, it reminds me of, of uh, I forget exactly how Peter says it, but declaring the excellencies of him who's called us out of darkness and into his glorious light. Like, right. That combination of, of mission is actually just... Worship—it's uh, it, actually the, the fruit of, of my own repentance.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's—I think that's such a huge point, and I think it's where I think a lot of communities struggle is because they think of, well, what's going to happen is we're going to get really good at being Christians, and then we'll go and live on mission. Is one way people approach it.
0: Sure,
1: sure. Which then leads to this sort of weird arrogance thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. or people think, well, the way that we can prove that we're really good Christians is by being on mission. Let's like all just sort of like grit our teeth and go do it. And then we get to come back to God and say, look, we really were on mission. Or I think there's often just invisible voices in people's heads where it's like, oh, I get to go show my pastor. I get to go show my coach. I get to go show my parents, whoever, like, look, what I'm doing is really significant because my community is quote living on mission. Yeah. And, and it's hard to do that without God's work actually happening within your life. And then if, if you're receiving the gospel uh, in a daily regular basis, then that really stops being the motivation, but the motivation is increased. Exactly. Yeah, that's really good, Steve. Thanks for sharing that story. I think that's yeah, super helpful
0: it's a you know it's it's an important part of of who we are and Spokane in and uh what god has done amongst us and um, we just hosted you know soma school uh, a few months back and you know everybody's responses to their experience was like a, it was just refreshing to be in a community where confession is is normal uh where people right. can get up and talk about uh how how they've failed or um you know, how they killed community by trying to make community happen or how they killed mission by trying to make mission happen. Um, and then the freedom that the gospels brought them to, that they're no longer trying to make something happen. They're simply learning to live their life in light of the grace of God. And and, and does that require like planning and, and intentionality? Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it's very different than like trying to lead a missional community, if that makes
1: sense. Right. Yeah, it does. And Yeah, I think I wonder, you know, a lot of people listening might be thinking, (laughs) okay, so then how do I do that? (laughs) Uh, It always gets back to a how-to question. And uh, I think a lot of what you shared is just your own story of like yourself as a leader owning your own motivations and then shifting them towards uh, the gospel and just marveling at, at Jesus and the community that he builds. and. I think one of the things you were saying in your story is that that famous Bonhoeffer quote that, you know, Christ is the center of community, not community uh, is yeah. true. I think what you're saying is that's true for mission as well, that that Jesus is the center of mission, uh, not the mission.
0: Yeah, for sure. And And trying to get people on mission for whom Jesus is not the center, it's actually to like reintroduce law. It's to reintroduce what you were saying before. If if you get on mission, then then you'll know you're a real Christian. Then you'll know you're mm-hmm. really doing it. Then then you'll feel significant. Then you'll have whatever. And I just yeah, I think that, that in the past we've done, you know, even with like the idea of covenants and, and trying to like get a group of people who live wildly different lives to say, Hey, this thing is gonna be our mission. It actually ended up crushing a lot of people. Uh, You know, we had people who would leave our missional community because they said, well, we don't live in your neighborhood. It's not realistic at this point in our life for us to sell our house and move into your neighborhood. So uh, I guess we can't be a part of your missional community. And it just was a kind of lessons in missing the point. It felt like, um, mm-hmm. you know, or we would we would spend however many weeks having conversations about what our shared mission is going to be. Meanwhile, we're not actually on mission at all. Uh, we're not we're not praying for uh, all the people that we already do know that don't know Jesus. Uh, we're just trying to like craft some sort of artificial activity, essentially, that makes us feel like okay, now we're doing it, or we've we've sort of hit the. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard so-and-so so speak about this, and we know that a missional community is supposed to have this thing, so we need to figure out how to have this thing. We have to give people training wheels. We have to give people guidelines. We have to give people steps. Mm-hmm. That's needed, uh, but what mm-hmm. happens, and this has been our experience, is that at some point this the steps start to uh, become a straitjacket uh, unless you're constantly communicating, right. hey, we're just trying to help you respond. To the grace of God, to, to listen to the Spirit. So this is a big conversation we're having right now as a church, as we head into fall again. Is uh, what is the Spirit of God calling you into this year? Uh, what is it, mm. What is? What does it look like for you to live as a family of missionary servants? Uh, and some of our some of our leaders they're going to lead with uh, more with the family identity. You know, so their their structure is going to start with hospitality. It's going to start with opening their home, having a shared meal. It's going to kind of grow out of that into maybe some DNA group type stuff, uh, and then together they're going to have to ask questions about okay. Where where can we steward our resources to, to for the sake of the kingdom as servants and and who are the people that God's given us favor with uh, that that we can uh, mm-hmm. invite into our the life of our community or just be praying for one another and encouraging each other as we have opportunities to to share the gospel with them so some some people are going to lean more with the family identity others are going to lean more with the, the mission identity they've got a group of people or or a soccer team or something that they like have favor with and influence with, and they want to get after that. Well, they also need to think about, okay, but who's going to go with you? Like you, you do need the the gospel family to be a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. and then others are going to think more, more project based, more service, more, uh, meeting a tangible need. We're going to, we're going to show up at the boys and girls club and clean it once a month. Okay. That's, that's great. Mm-hmm. But who are the people that you're, that you're going to be sharing the gospel with and building relationship with? And, and how are you going to continue to grow as a family together? So it just, we're trying mm-hmm. to give people like uh, a lot more freedom, which is why I love the family servant missionary gospel identity stuff. Uh, it gives people mm-hmm. some targets, but it doesn't define them in a way that, that puts you in a straitjacket. It actually right. invites you to listen and respond according to who God's made you and according to what season of life you're in. Like we have a, a four month old. <laughs> community mission, servant the whole thing's going to look very different for the next season totally and that's okay
1: yeah is that you have to train people more how to listen than how to do is a big piece is how do you listen yeah. to what the spirit of god is calling you to uh, each day each week each month you know each year and in, in mm-hmm. whatever season my wife and i have just like always uh or not always the last six years of our marriage had just a list of people in our hearts. It's like, well, God's calling us to invest in these six people, some Christians, some not Christians, some people in our missional community, some people not. And that mm-hmm. kind of feels like the the faithfulness that God's called us to is, is even looking at those relationships saying, okay, what's, so God's calling me to grieve with this person. Okay, we'll do that. Like that's what it looks mm-hmm. like is to be a, a partner in mourning with that couple or, God's calling us to be friends and just invite these people to do lots of fun things and you know be pictures of the gospel with them. And, and that's basically how we try to order our life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I, I think something that we need to grow in, my wife and I, is allowing the people around us to see that and to, for them to begin to do that themselves, like the Christians around us
0: yeah totally I mean that's w- one of the things that we say is your your life is the disciple making program. We're not asking you to add a bunch of things to your life uh we're not We're not asking you to come to a bunch of church meetings or be involved in the church discipleship program. We're saying y- you as as a family as an individual as a couple whatever like who you are and how you live your life is god's plan uh for making disciples. Uh, and so oftentimes mm-hmm. what we've seen in, is uh, in trying to get some sort of shared mission people are actually overlooking the normal everyday interactions of life that they already have uh, and what we're saying is we just we want you to prioritize and intentionalize what's right in front of you mm-hmm. and then do that yeah like you said figure out how to do that together that doesn't mean everybody has to do it at the same time or show up to the same thing or whatever, but it does mean that there needs to be some sort of, uh, not only supporting and encouraging cheerleading for one another, but also like the people that you are, uh, you know, called to grieve with or, or uh, celebrate with or whatever, uh, that they see that there is actually a community of people that you're connected with, uh, mm-hmm. who live this Jesus life together. Uh, I, I think that's, that's what it means to be on mission together as opposed to like, Oh, we all show up at this soccer event every week uh, because that's
1: how we know we're really on. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, if I could just summarize it, it's kind of saying, you know, you want people to look to be, you know, I guess nearsighted and see what's in front of them and, and then be faithful in those relationships. And then the creative capacity that you're calling on your communities to have is, Oh, how can we all do that nearsighted thing together?
0: Yeah, and how can we support each other? How can we encourage each other? And and I mean, some of that is so simple. It's uh, you know, when your community gathers for you know a family meal on a weekly basis or whatever. Like one of the questions that we just ask regularly is, "Hey, who's who's God put right in front of you? Are are there needs that you're seeing uh, right in front of you that we could we could band together to meet?" Mm. So we you know we did that beginning of the summer. Uh, Actually, pastor friend that I know they found mold, uh, under their bed, uh, like on their actual mattress. Uh, and so I, it was, I just had the conversation with him just before our community showed up to have dinner at our house. And so we had the like, Hey, wh- where are the needs? Uh, and, and so I shared about that need. And, you know, within four minutes, like one of the gals works at a furniture store can get a great deal on a mattress and, you know, like it was a five minute conversation and we had banded enough money together to be able to get a mattress for this couple it was super simple and super quick but it just it just puts that in front of your community as hey this is a regular rhythm for us god's entrusted mm-hmm. us with resources we want to steward them for the, the good of others right it's really not uh very schnazzy. i mean that, that's the thing <laughs> that i feel like that the you know I, i've joked with jeff before about this idea of like okay your job is to go and paint this beautiful picture and then the rest of us will come up behind you and say, "Well, it doesn't work out quite like that, <laughs> right? Because like the reality is, like somebody like Jeff is uber gifted, the kind of influential leader of leaders of leaders, right? I mean, like he is a unique individual, and most of the people that uh, live in Spokane, myself included, are very average, <laughs> very like normal people. They've got." three to six kids uh, that they're trying to figure out how to do life uh, in light of who Jesus is. And I just feel like we, we have to be able to value and celebrate the simplicity of that. I, mm. I want people to see that that's, that actually is where the action is. And and for some people that's going to mean they sell everything and, and move to a different country. And I like, that is beautiful and it is wonderful everybody I know that's moved to a different country, like when you get there, it's just really hard. Mm -hmm. And in the end, what you end up trying to do is, how do I love the people that God's put right around me? Yeah, That's essentially what we're trying to have people ask here and now. How do you love, bless, serve, and and disciple uh, the people God's put right around you, both the Christians and the not yet Christians?
1: Yeah, and how can you be a a champion for just gospel growth and people understanding who Jesus is and what he's done and who they are, you know, from one degree to the next. I think that's what's so, so powerful. Yep.
0: Yep. Richard, Richard Lovelace, uh, he's a theologian, but he says that the gospel always goes, uh, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. Uh, and so he says, you know, the gospel always goes first to the church, uh, and then to the world. Mm. Uh, And, and his whole point is like, the gospel has to beautify the church first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, in, in the missional church movement, we're often thinking, you know, we want to gather the, the uh, kind of elite Christians and get them on mission. And I just feel like that's wonderful. Also, our churches are full of people who are very much in the same spot I was 10 years ago, yeah. uh, who don't know what they have in the gospel. Uh, and don't know that they're worshiping idols and don't like they they haven't worked out the gospels implications into the everyday stuff of their life. And so to try to get them onto mission or something is, is to put the cart before the horse. Like Mm -hmm. they are the mission. Gospeling one another is, uh, as significant a part of the mission as gospeling our neighbors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that those gifts of evangelism are for the body and for outside of the body and, Yeah. I think that there's, I think there's a tendency that we have even kind of what you were sharing in the beginning is, well, I'll teach this one sermon and then people won't have idols anymore and they'll understand the mission. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we can really do something because people will know when really there's just this long process of constant gospel proclamation Mm -hmm. to all the people in our lives, including ourselves and relying on that. And, and I think that the the main shift I think for small groups that are actually missional groups are they're willing to ask that question. What's the spirit of God calling us to do for people outside this room? You know, like, like what is that? And what's next for people that aren't here? I think that's just one of the main things uh, that's happening or God's doing something in our hearts. What would that, how would that be beneficial for the people around us? Like, or even yep. our parents who don't believe, our siblings, our yep. coworkers, and and it's just that that second question of that that makes it to where our communities are not a cul-de-sac, but they're actually a throughway or a highway or something like that. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, no, well,
0: that's great. I, I, for us, we've two questions that we've we've tried to help people think about. One is, who's God given me favor with? You know so even a uh, around the table uh, family dinner style, you can ask your community Who, who's God given you favor with and just you can share stories mm. of co-workers or, or like you said family members or whoever that that for some reason or the other they want to spend time with you God is, God has opened up relational uh, opportunities with them who's God given you favor with and then the next question is what aspect of the gospel would be really good news for them hmm You know, so then you're you're immediately beginning to think not only you're not just saying like oh they really need the gospel you're actually saying like there's some part of their life for which what Jesus has done would bring joy would bring freedom Mm -hmm. would bring bring life to them Um, and then you can simply pray that truth for them together Uh, you know and you begin to do that your 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 community is on mission Uh, they begin to have eyes for. Uh, people outside, they begin to think about what, what it would look like to get a meal with uh, that that person this week, uh, how to hear their story, more of their story. And if they can't answer the question of what aspect of the gospel would be good news for them, uh, it, it either means A, they don't know them very well, or B, they don't know the gospel very well. And so now we're right back into the the work of making disciples.
1: That's awesome. And I think that's a great way to, to sort of wrap up this time is are those two questions and, and we'll add them to the, the show notes and the the post that'll go alongside this podcast. Uh, Cause I think that those are just really great questions. Like who is God giving us favor with and what part of the gospel would be good news to them? I think that's, yeah. that's a powerful way to lead a community towards mission that really is tangible and doesn't in- require eight weeks of lead time and four weeks of strategizing. It's, It's really is as basic as like God's put us in a place so that the gospel can go house to house, uh, person to person. Surprisingly simple, really. Yeah, surprisingly simple is exactly right. And yeah, Steve, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Saturate Podcast. Thanks to all of you listeners for for joining us. As always, if you have other questions or thoughts, uh, don't hesitate to ask either through social media or on email. You can write us at hello at SaturateTheWorld.com and we'll be talking again soon. Enjoy. Today's
0: podcast was edited by Ben Fort and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mo Pac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every one thousand people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.